Let's, let's jump back into the Word. Um, I want to encourage you just for a minute, whatever you've come in here with, whatever boundaries, whatever chains, whatever issues you've got, I want you to lay them aside and just give them to God for just a minute and just say, God, you can have my problems. I want to hear your word. I want to get some instruction on where I go this week. Amen. That's what, that's, church is here for us to celebrate what God's done through the week and to also get equipped for what we've got coming for the next week. We come together to rejoice in who God is, but also to receive from what God has for us. So if you don't mind, I want to encourage you, open up your minds and open up your willingness to receive. Okay, sometimes we've got to make a decision because our minds are on so many different things that we miss the, the good stuff. Okay, so we've been in James chapter 3 talking about the tongue, the power of the tongue. Today we're going to look at the root. The last few weeks we've been looking at the diseases of the tongue, kind of the problems that we have with our tongue. But what is the root of the problem? Do you remember how we've been reading over and over, listening every, every Sunday morning, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our direction, just like a ship is guided by a rudder, which is such a small piece on this big, huge ship, it is guided by this rudder, so is our tongue in guidance of our life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. God has made a provision in Scripture for the healing of our tongue. Somebody asked me yesterday, Pastor, what are you preaching on today? And I said, the tongue. They were like, oh no, would you please move on from that? You're just beating me up every single week. And I said, well, this Sunday we're going to start learning how to, how to make a change. We've heard all the problems. You know, you go to a doctor and they tell you everything that's wrong with you. Then comes the remedy. So we need an answer. We need to go somewhere. So today it's going to be what's the root? What's the root and how do we get healed of our tongue? And I believe I've only got two weeks left of this. So you all can kind of see the end, I hope. What's the root of our problem? And Scripture is clear and unequivocal. The root of every problem affecting our tongue is our heart. It's our heart. Matthew 12, 33 says this, Make a tree good and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks of what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of good, stored, out of good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. I have been through this. We have been talking about this over and over. We're going to talk about it again. The heart is the tree and the words are the fruit. The words that come out of the mouth indicate the condition of the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If a heart is good, words will be good. If the heart is evil, words will be evil. Our hearts are either good or evil through and through. Whatever flows out of your mouth indicates the condition or the contents of your heart. Now let me give you an example. If I had a bucket of water, a five-gallon bucket of water right here, and I accidentally spill some on the kitchen floor in the, in the church kitchen in there, and all of a sudden we see, and I know Miss Noreen's already cringing, you know, don't spill in her kitchen. But I spill some water in there, and we see a grungy, dirty water on the floor. But I didn't spill it all. I just spilled maybe a gallon of it. 
do we need to test the other four gallons of that water to realize that that, that water's dirty too? Or can we assume the rest in that bucket is dirty? Same way with our heart. When something spills out of our mouth, Scripture shows us we can assume that the rest of it is the same way. We can put on a happy face for a moment, but eventually the truth is going to come out. We can fight it for a long time, but Scripture tells us nothing can tame the tongue. No man can tame the tongue. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit can we be changed. Can our words be changed? If evil, impure, unbelieving words come out of our mouths, and that indicates the same condition that is in our heart, just like the bucket. James 3, this is where we had started. James 3 verse 9 says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Verse 10, Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing, my brothers and sisters. This should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Verse 12, my brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. James combines two pictures. He's combining uh, the picture of water or a spring and a tree. He says that an olive tree will never bear any kind of fruit. I don't care how much praying you do. It will never bear what it was not intended to bear. The kind of tree indicates the kind of fruit. And James is using the same picture that Jesus used. The tree is the heart, and the fruit are the words that come out of the mouth. But then he uses the example of a spring of water. He says if there's nasty, salty water coming out of a spring, you know that the water in the spring is nasty and salty, right? If you go and test some of the water, you can assume the rest of the water is that way, right? These two sets of pictures are parallel, but they're not identical. The two trees represents two natures. The corrupt tree is the old man, or the old nature, or the old person. The new tree, the good tree, is the new man, the new man in Jesus Christ. The old man cannot bring forth good fruit. Jesus said this clearly many times. Out of that old carnal nature will always come fruit that corresponds to that nature. You can't help it. You are connected to that vine, and what that is supplying you is what's going to come out. But when we are connected to the true vine, to the vine of Jesus, to the vine of his word, then that word will start coming out. Let me tell you, lying no more. The lying will stop. The negative words will stop when we are connected. The fountain or the spring represents something spiritual. A pure spring is the Holy Spirit. A corrupt, salty, impure spring is another spirit. We have two potential problems indicated here in Scripture by the mouth. Number one is the old corrupt nature, which is not changed that goes on producing corrupt fruit, and this, some kind of spirit which is not the Holy Spirit that brings forth impure, salty water. This leads, leads me back to the beginning. It's what's inside of us. It's the condition of our heart that determines what comes out of our mouth. It is a problem with the heart. 
it's a problem with the heart. Um, I was with a family this week and went into the hospital for one issue. And in doing testing, found an issue with the heart. And do you know that issue that they came in with was important? But do you know when they figured out that there might be a heart issue, the first issue was completely ignored and they went straight to the heart. I think that that's something that we can see here in Scripture. We can, we can deal with our finances. We can deal with stuff in our life. We can deal with prosperity. We can deal with, with jobs and with our life and with success and that sort of thing. But if there's a problem with your heart, let me tell you, you need to take care of the heart. Take care of the heart. The other stuff will find its way. We get, we get filled up correctly in here. What will flow out of us will be living water not death. We're trying to fix the externals without fixing the heart. Fix the heart. Church, I want to ask you again, apply this to you. Put this word today to you. We got to fix the heart. Proverbs 4, 23 says this, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. This word wellspring agrees with the picture that James used of a fountain or of a spring that brings forth the kind of, wa- of water that is the characteristic of that spring. Another translation of the same scripture says this, watch over your heart with all diligence for out from from it flows the springs of life. Whatever flows out into your life or through your mouth originates from your heart. If the source is pure, then what comes out of it will be pure. If the source is corrupt, then that that comes out of it is corrupt. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15 says, See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled, that there be no immoral or godless person like Esau who sold his birthright for a single meal. Do you know Esau was entitled to his birthright? But he sold it, and he lost it. We can have a birthright. We have a birthright or a promise of God. God has made us promises in his word. But if we do not conduct ourselves rightly, we can lose our birthright and our inheritance just like the ten spies who brought the negative report. Do you know that your actions bring about consequences? What you have said in your mouth, let me tell you, I have been saved since I was five years old. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit since I was 17. Have I missed out on some things that God had for me because of my actions and because of my words? You're doggone right I have. It's not been because God didn't desire it. It's not been because God didn't promise it. It's not because God wasn't faithful to it. He is faithful to his word. But he is going to fulfill his word. His His word. If you will hear my voice and obey my commands, then the blessings will come and find you and overtake you. We want to just take the good word. We want to say, God, your word says I'm to be the head, not the tail, and not apply our lives according to what scripture came before. Doesn't say you got to be perfect. Doesn't say you've got to be a perfectly obedient son. It does not say that. But it does say, if you love me, you'll obey me. We have a part to play. These ten spies had a promise of the promised land. 
They did not buy into that promise. They did not confess God's word. They did not follow God's instruction. They followed what they saw, and they did not make it in. Did God fall short? God bless you, bud. I'm sorry to point you out, but bless you for being here. It just blesses my heart seeing you here today. Forgive me. I hope I didn't embarrass you, but I can't help it. That's what happens in your heart. Something wells up in your heart. God blesses you. You want to just respond. What was I saying? I don't really care. I do care, but I don't really care. Um, The ten spies, did God fall short of his promise? No. He fulfilled his promise. Out of the words that they said, God did. God is a God who responds to what you say. Ask, and he will give. Ask, and he will answer. Knock, and he will open. So, 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 what comes out of our mouth has impact on our life, has impact on our life spiritually, has impact on our life in the kingdom. Let me tell you, it has impact on our life in the natural. Okay, we're finally getting somewhere. So, he lost his birthright. Why? Because he was hungry. He was hungry. But if you track back, the real reason why Esau lost it is because he was bitter in his heart. He was bitter against his brother Jacob. There was a root of bitterness in his heart that brought forth bitter fruit in his life that corrupted his life and caused him to lose his birthright. He hated his birthright. He did not want it. He rejected what was his. Therefore, the root of bitterness was in Esau's. The problem in Esau was a root of bitterness in his heart. The Bible warns us about a root of bitterness in the heart of any of us. So much so that not only will you be affected, but others will be affected by it. Do you know the nation of Israel bought into what the ten spies said? So you know what? They celebrated what the ten spies wanted. It's kind of a, backed up, uh, a backwards way of looking at it, but they got what they wanted. They didn't want to go. Okay, God said, okay, don't go. I'm not going to make you go. In fact, you're going to stay. You're going to get what you said. Everybody that's 20 years or older is not going to make it. The younger ones, they're going to go because they have not said it out of their mouth. And I'm going to make sure I impact them. The, Joshua, the, the spirit of Joshua and Caleb is going to get them, and they're going to go in. But the ten spies and the nation did not go. The corrupt negative use of the tongue is infectious. Ten spies came back with a negative report and it corrupted the whole nation. But there are a few other causes. uh, uh, The the root of bitterness is one cause that expresses themselves through our tongue. But there's a few others that present ourselves through our tongue. There's resentment. There's unbelief. There's impurity and there's pride. There's so many things that we can do out of our mouth. Whatever the root is in our heart, it will manifest in our mouth. No matter how hard we try, if there's a root of bitterness in our heart, it will poison our words. We can try to say the right things, but they just won't come out right. If we go back to the doctor's visit, what does he say? He says, how are you? And you say, well, I'm not feeling so good. What does he say? Stick out your tongue. What does God say? 
let me hear some words out of your mouth because that will show me where you are. So let's take a look at the first step toward healing. There are three simple, practical, scriptural steps in dealing with the healing of the tongue. Number one, call it by its rightful name. It's sin. It's sin. You know, we don't even hear that word much in church anymore. We just want to feel good. We just want something that's going to be uplifting. You know, Jesus taught repentance. The things that come out of our mouth, if they are not right, they are sin. Be honest. As long as we use some fancy psychological terminology to cover or condone excuse or pretend that our problem's not really there, nothing will happen. You know, until you realize you have a problem, you're not going to get over that problem. God will move in and he will help us as long as we are honest, as long as we are honest about our sin. If we're covering up or misrepresenting our problem, God does nothing for us. We say, God, why don't you help me? God says, I'm waiting for you to be honest with yourself and with him. That's the first important step. Call it by its rightful name. It's sin. Number two, what do we do next? We confess. There, it is such a liberating thing to confess. Confess your sin and receive forgiveness and cleansing. You know, it's a rare thing that I will ask someone to forgive me, and they won't. Have you ever noticed even the hardest heart, as long as you're not saying, will you forgive me of what I did? If you genuinely come, because I've done that to my wife. I've been so mad. Will you forgive me? And you know what? She doesn't want to forgive that. She knows I don't mean it. But when I come to one of the hardest situations, maybe I've done something completely stupid and hateful. When I come and say, I know I did this. I did it with all the wrong reasons. I shouldn't have done it. I'm sorry I hurt you. Would you please forgive me? I will never do that again. You know what happens 99% of the time? Yes. It breaks the whole wall down. And that's between man. That's just between you and me. Let me tell you, the walls come down when you ask forgiveness from the Lord. You know what God says? You know what? I paid that price for you. I've paid for it with my son Jesus. It is my great pleasure to forgive you of that sin. And that's not enough. I'm not just going to forgive you. I'm going to cleanse you of that sin. I'm going to cleanse you. So many times we ask for forgiveness between relationship and we still walk around with the damage. Do you know what with the Lord? There's no damage. Sometimes we carry it and we can't forgive ourselves. That's something we've got to learn to do. But God forgives us and there's no damage left. The relationship is completely restored. That's how good God is. It says in John uh, chapter 1 verse 7, 
that if we'll walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's the importance of being honest. The blood of Jesus does not cleanse in the dark. It's easy to grab hold of God will forgive our sin. But there are some instructions here. There's some instructions here. If we walk in the light, we've got to walk in the light as He is in the light. And if we have fellowship with our brothers, if we have fellowship with one another, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. But let's continue. If we say we have no sin, we're lying. But if we confess our sin, then God is faithful. Then God is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Two words are used, faithful and righteous. God is faithful because he promised, and God will keep his promise. But God is righteous or just because Jesus has already paid the penalty for our son, for our sin. Therefore, he can forgive without compromising his justice. His justice is based on the price that was paid by Jesus. He's not compromising his justice by forgiving us of sin that we should pay the penalty for. We don't pay the penalty for because of God's justice. And his justice came through his sin. If we confess our sin, there is a guarantee of faithfulness and justice that God will forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He doesn't just forgive, he cleanses. Once our heart is cleansed, because the heart is the wellspring of life, we do not go on committing the same sin. You get them both. You get forgiveness and you get cleansing. Remember, the condition of the heart determines, I'm almost done, determines what comes out of the mouth. A clean heart cannot produce unclean spoken words. Confess and turn to God. God is faithful and righteous to forgive. Then God cleanses your heart. Then out of a clean, pure heart, what comes through your lips will be clean and pure. If your heart glorifies God, then your lips will glorify God. God solves the problem of the tongue and of the lips by dealing with the condition of the heart. And then finally, step three. I'm going to close with this one. Refuse sin and yield to God. There's a negative and a positive that go together like two opposite sides of a coin. And you've got to exercise in both ways. You've got to say no to sin and yes to God. You've got to do both. You can't say no to sin and no to God. It takes both. Romans 6 verse 12. 
It says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that, you're, so that you obey its lusts. Verse 13, and do not go on presenting members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members and instruments of righteousness to God. Verse 14, for sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. When sin challenges, you know what you say? No, I will not yield to you. I will not yield to, my, to the parts of my body. Above all, I will not yield to that member that causes me the most trouble, my tongue. Sin, you cannot have control over me any longer. Turn to God and say, God, I yield my tongue to you, and I ask you to control that member which I cannot control. Do you know when you ask the Lord to help you with your tongue, do you know what he will do? He will help you. James chapter 3, verse 7. Shoot, I didn't put that one in. It says, For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles and creatures of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of daily poison. You have got to accept the fact that you cannot control your tongue. Only one power can help you control your tongue, and that is the power of God through the Holy Spirit. When I'm tempted, I say, Holy Spirit, I yield my tongue to you. I cannot control my tongue, and I ask you to control my tongue for me. I'm telling you, it is a place you have got to go daily, regularly, because I catch myself trying to control my own tongue, and I do it unsuccessfully. And I will tell you, even as your pastor, it happens daily. But every time I stop and say, Lord, help me with the phone call I'm about to make. Help me with the counseling I'm about to have. Help me with the argument I'm about to have with my wife. How many of you have arguments with your spouse? You do. You spend the most time with them. You love them the most. Let me tell you, you fight the hardest with those that you're closest to. Why? Because you're together all the time. You're going to have conflict. The Word of God says you're going to have conflict. And if you don't, if you try to handle your tongue on your own, you're going to set fires to everything you're around. The Word of God says it's like a fire. It's like a spark that gets out of control. How many of you have done that with your mouth? Do you know that without, a, without question, without 100, 100% of the time, when I ask for help, I get it. I believe the Lord is waiting for someone to say his word that he can perform it. He is watching over his word to perform it in you. Ask the Lord for help. Ask the Holy Spirit for help. Are you filled with the Spirit? You need to be. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Are you serving him in a way that brings glory to him? Are you walking in the light or are you walking in darkness? Church, it's time to stand up and turn around and return to the Father. It's time. It's time. And let me tell you, you can, have, you can walk with Christ. You can walk with Christ and by some subtle move, move away from Him. Sometimes you don't even recognize it. And all you need to do is just turn back around. 
The great thing is, those that have subtly moved away and those that have moved drastically away, it's still just a turn back directly into his presence. We're all one moment away from right standing with God. But you know where that comes from? It comes from repentance. It comes from confession. If we will confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of that sin. Would y'all return to the Lord this morning? Just right where you sit, right where you stand. We all stand up with me. I'm going to pray over you. I just want to open the altars. I, we're going to close in just a moment. I'm just going to open the altars as Miss Tammy just uh, worships with us for, for just a few moments. If y'all just bow your heads, I just want to pray for you. Before I pray, I just want to say, I know we all battle our tongue. But the Word of God, the, the Lord, God the Father, has given us the Word through Jesus Christ to help us where we're walking right now. But we have got to walk this thing out. We don't just make one decision today and then everything falls into place the rest of our life. We just walk the red carpet the rest of our life. No, we have to walk. We have to walk in the light as He is in the light. I want to encourage you this morning. Walk in the light. If you'd say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm walking in the light, then you're probably not. Walk in the light. Let's repent. Let's confess our sin. Let's be cleansed. And let's get in the Word. And let's figure out how do I apply your principles, your Word, your life, your light to my life. And I want you to know the windows of heaven are going to open up for you. The doors that you haven't been able to walk through are going to open up supernaturally. You can't do it on your own. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for a heart change right now, Lord, a heart transplant. Lord, I believe the people here under, my, under the sound of my voice are, are people that desire your will, and your way in their life. Lord, help us show that desire by a move, by an action, and that action is faith. You are pleased by faith. You are pleased when we take your word and we hold you to that word because you are watching over your word ready to perform it. Lord, help us when we're about to say something stupid to stop and ask the Holy Spirit for help. Do you need help this morning? Are you sitting here this morning in complete need of a move of God? We want to pray for you, whether it's your health or your job. Maybe you need to give your life to Jesus today. Maybe you gave your life to Jesus years ago, but you're not living that kind of life, and you want to rededicate your life. Those that are praying, come on down here with me. As Miss Tammy sings, I just want to open the altar up. Father, hear our cries this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.